0: Hi, this is Ron Darling with SNY TV. Um, You know me from covering
1: the Mets, and uh, I hope you get a chance to listen to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. I had a great time. I hope you do too.
0: Mets Musings is an unofficial independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets.
1: This This is Len and Jeff from Baseball and and Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and and what's going going down down on the farm.
2: It's Mets Musings with Gary
1: Mack. So keep Keep the faith, faith, stay optimistic,
2: and let's go, Mets. Mets Musings with with Gary Mack.
0: Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack, bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings, episode number 360. How is everybody doing out there? Took a little hiatus for a couple of weeks. Uh, Left you with some great shows, I think. Had some terrific guests. Ron Darling, go back in time uh, a couple of weeks before that. Art Chamsky, with his book and, and got another great guest tonight. But I uh, want to talk a little bit about the Mets because we haven't talked to you about the Mets this season at all. And um, did 18 games in, 10 and 8. Oddly enough, the pitching has been the, uh, str- was supposed to be the strong point. It's been a weak link. The rebuilt bullpen has been horrible. The starting pitching has not been very good. The offense has been terrific so far. Michael Conforto is hitting. Peter Alonso hitting. No, he cooled off a little bit now. Jeff McNeil is tarred. Tarred. Hitting the cover off the ball. No matter where you play him or no matter where you bat him in the lineup. Torrid. Uh, Robinson Cano is ice call. Wilson Ramos hitting the cover off the ball and throwing guys out. Amon Rosario is somewhere in the middle. He's hitting a little bit. A little shaky last night in the field. Got to work those bugaboos out. Uh, J.D. Davis is uh, starting to hit a little bit and uh showing uh, some good signs here. Um some bad signs again the pitching. Um Nimo is uh Brandon Nimo's out with a sore neck. We don't know whether he's going on the injured list or uh there'll be day to day. Um the bullpen, uh, the Syracuse to uh New York Express has been in full gear with the relief pitches going back and forth to get fresh arms here uh, and to, to get a combination, quite frankly, that works. So uh, it's been a rocky start. But they are 10-8. and 8. They're close to the top in the NL East. Nobody's jumping off. And uh, they'll get it figured out. I think it's it's probably mechanical... Jacob DeGrom was great in his first two starts. His last two starts not so good. Must be a mechanical issue somewhere in there. Syndergaard's getting hit around a little bit. He's 1-2, I think, on the season. Zach Wheeler looked much better today than he did his last couple of starts. Stephen Metz started off well, got hammered last night, didn't even get out of an inning. They couldn't even get an out. Uh, so his ERA skyrocketed. Um, but you know, it's it's too early to panic. We're only 18 games into the season. These things have a way of working themselves out. And then if you remember last year, they got off to that tremendous start and then went down the toilet. So let's keep our heads above water. Let's stay at 500 or, or above, which they are right now. They're about 500 in the division. Stay there. Stay in that kind of way. And then when things start to work out and pan out, then the improvement will come. Hopefully don't forget. We haven't seen Todd Frazier yet. We haven't seen Jed Lowry yet. Um, and, uh, these guys have been slated in to play big parts in this team. So there, they haven't made an appearance yet. And, uh, yet the offense has been very good and the pitching has not been so good. So, um, uh, We'll see. Don't panic. No, don't come off the ledge, Med fans. It's too early to worry about such things. All right. Uh, let's get to my guest tonight because he's a terrific guest, and, and I had a blast talking to him. And let's take a quick break and come back with uh, this week's special guest.
1: Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. This is Frank Nappy, author of the Legend of Mickey Tusler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tusler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. Hi, this is the world famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSports.potomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus of Brewtown Sports. You can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, Tuning.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.webley.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show, and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's baseballpodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows.
0: 516-619-6341. One, six, six, one, that is the comment or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at Musings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com. Slash Mets Musings. Uh, This is Skip Lockwood, and you're listening to Mets Musings. Joining me this week is is a guy that, uh, a co-author, and uh, he's been on here before with his other books. But he's a co-author of the book, After the Miracle, with Art Shamsky, The Lasting Brotherhood of the 69 Mets. And he is Eric Sherman. Eric, welcome back to Mets Musings.
1: Uh, thanks so much for having me back, Eric. Uh,
0: anytime. Eric, you know, um, we've, we talked uh, at a book signing, and uh, this book is, I, I, I think it's just terrific. I think it's this generation's boys of summer. Uh, it is uh, it is it is sad but it's not a sad book it it's uh, a book that's got some emotion a lot of emotion in it um, it's 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 to me it's about love it's about uh, brotherhood it's about camaraderie um, it, it's just a fantastic book um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how it all came together and and your involvement
1: in it sure well um so I've I've written uh, this was my sixth book that I was a part of and um and as you know Gary I've I've written three other books that were Mets related mm-hmm. and so uh, a while back uh Jeff Perlman uh who who wrote a book uh The Bad Guys 1 uh he said to me you know Eric you should do the ultimate 1969 Mets book and I always had that in my mind, but I was thinking, you know, that's going to be really hard to do because there have been over 40 books written about the 69 Mets. Um, so I really needed an angle. Uh, well, anyway, Art Art Chamsky was looking to write another book. Uh, he had written uh, a book on the 69-70 sports scene in New York, The Magnificent Seasons. And uh, so we both had it in mind to do a 69 Mets book with this being the 50th anniversary of the championship. So we got together over lunch and we talked about it and, um, uh, we thought that at a minimum, what we would do is we would interview all the living members from that team. And he said to me, you know, if we see Tom Seaver, uh, we're probably going to have to go out there and see him because interviewing him over the phone would be difficult. Um, for various reasons, but um, the main reason would be because of his complications from Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. And it would just be better. And so I thought, well, you know, if Tom Seaver can no longer travel because of his Lyme disease, you know, that means he won't be able to make it back for the 50th anniversary um, that's taking place the last week in the June Mm -hmm. at City Field. So I thought, why don't we bring... Some of his closest teammates for a visit and bring the celebration to him, and so that's what we did. And so we uh, we decided on Kuzmin, Harrelson, Swoboda, and Art, of course. And I flew out with them and uh, was kind of a fly on the wall for the weekend. And and so that's really how the book came about.
0: And fly on the wall you were as you know. I have to say this. I read the the Mookie book. I read the Kings of Queens on the eighty six Mets, and I read the Davy Johnson book, and uh, and as well as this book. But I'm I'm, as I was reading the Davy Johnson book, I said, "Boy, he he's really good." This Davy Johnson. Why does he need Eric Sherman? And then it dawned on me: that's Eric Sherman. That's what's so good about his writing because you don't know you 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 don't know. you don't know that you're there, but it's your It's really his stories with your narrative, if that makes any sense. I, I don't, you know. I well,
1: know. well, what I do, well, what I do, Gary, as a co-author, is I, I really take myself out of it. I, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm the voice for the main guy, right. <laughs> you know, and the main guy is After the Miracle. Uh, is art R. Chamsky, because it's 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 written as if art is telling the story and and you know I did the same with Davy and with Mookie and uh, and with Steve Blass and uh, Glenn Burke and you know all the books in which I've been a co-author that's my job um, I I will say that in Mookie's case he he did write some of it on on his own and mm-hmm. you know I just basically did a little editing, but, um, but, but that's my job as a co co author, uh, Kings of Queens. That was all on my own. It, it was through my own eyes. And when I went out to see all those interesting and riveting members of the 86 Mets. Um, so yeah, you know, there, there's a lot to putting together a book. Uh, I don't want to make it sound too easy, <laughs> uh, but it, but no. it, it's just, it's it's a lot of organization and making sure that nothing's redundant. And in the case of After the Miracle, uh, with R. Chamsky, it's putting it in his voice.
0: Well, I, it it's just as I say, I I can't I I I just rave about this book to everybody because it is it's so well done. It's just, it's, um, you know, and as I've told you, the first and the last chapters to me are the heart of the book. The rest of the book is awesome, but it's it's a history of the sixty nine eyes of sixty nine through Shamsky's eyes, which is it's very fascinating because it's a different look.
1: Um right, no, you're absolutely right i mean it's 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 really like two books in one mm-hmm. um if you think about it, you know, there's the first chapter and then the last two mm-hmm. uh it's you know the you know the planning of the journey to see Seaver. and you know the first chapter is the organization behind that journey, you know getting uh kuzman Swoboda Harrelson all on the same schedule, and you know coming from different parts of the country into San Francisco, renting a van and driving the three hours up to Napa Valley uh, to see Tom Seaver. And, you you know, so uh, everyone had question marks on whether or not they'd be able to make it including uh, Tom, you know, right up until the very morning of, we were unsure, even though we were all out there, if we would, actually be able to see him because, you know, he has good days, and bad days, mm-hmm. uh, with his Lyme, Lyme disease. So, uh, we were very fortunate. So, so that's kind of, you know, you know, the book ends of the book, uh, revolved around the trip to Calistoga, California to see Tom. But then the middle of the book, we interviewed pretty much all living players from the team, except for one, to be honest. And, And then people that were related to the team, uh, like Whitey Herzog, who was the farm director, uh, Mrs. Gil Hodges, who's still with us, thankfully, and 94 years old, I, I believe. And, and and also, you know, the groundskeeper and, the and, you know, some of the media relations people. Uh, so we really covered everything and, um, and even got to Ed Charles before he passed. Um. So there's a lot of poignancy in the stories, uh, but we talked to as many people as we po- possibly could in those middle chapters to really bring that 69 season to life.
0: Well, it, it really is a different perspective uh, than, than a lot of the books that, that have come out about that season. And I think that's what gives that the middle part, but, um, uh, the, the emotional part is really, as you said, the first and the last two chapters, and, and the trip to see Tom Seaver, and that's really, to me at least, that was the heart and the soul of the book. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the whole book. It was great to relive 69 again, uh, being a 16-year-old uh, a kid and reliving those memories, and and. Not believing that it was fifty years ago. <laughs> uh, oh, crazy, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, the um, the the first chapter and the last two chapters were really the ones that really hit me, uh, hit home. But uh, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, somebody asked me, and I they said if you talk to Eric, asking this question was <laughs> okay, was Eddie pool considered
1: going on the trip? at all. Oh, oh, uh did, did we consider Ed or yeah. did um well, you know, as as you well know, um uh, Ed Ed's had all kinds of health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had to stay close to home, mm-hmm. you know. He it, it's it, it's not that he can't travel, but um you know, it, it, he's 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 looking for a kidney replacement. Right. Um, and, and at that particular time, I I mean, it's terrible. He had a couple of toes amputated.
2: Um,
1: and you know, so with him, he really couldn't plan something like that, but it was certainly considered. I I mean, he was certainly on the short list, but, but as Art has said many, many times when we've gone on our book tour, he could have picked any three guys, besides us to go out there and it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. That's how close that team was, you know? So, I mean, he could have really, I mean, he could have picked Rod Gasper to come along and, and he would have, you know, fit right in and they would have had the stories. and You know, from the first to the 25th man on that team, they were just so tight, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so, yeah, Ed, Ed, I mean, if his health had been, good uh i mean that would have been fairly easy because he could have flown out with buddy harrelson art and myself you mm-hmm. know but yeah, yeah. but uh, but at that particular time he really needed to stay close to home
2: you
0: mentioned uh buddy harrelson of course uh he went on a strip and uh he has been diagnosed with alzheimer's disease and uh how was he during this trip uh, was it difficult traveling with him because at that I think I'm not sure that they had announced it at that point but he was definitely uh right. uh, uh suffering if that's the correct term from the disease at that point um what was the difficulty in in uh, uh going with him if any
1: oh well we had to keep an eye on him um you know his his ex-wife, who he's really, really close with, and she watches out for him, uh, drove him to the airport. Art and I, we were at cur- curbside, and, you know, he uh, he he has some long-term memory issues. Uh, no, I'm sorry, some, some short-term, rather.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, similar to Tom, only in Buddy's case, uh, it's a little bit more progressed in that. Uh, I think he has issues, um, you know, getting the words out. Um, you know, so I think he actually will have a thought in his head, but it takes him a little bit of time to get, you know, to get it out and to communicate it. And that was the case then. Um, you know and it's it's progressed like it's it's not getting any better um but buddy was fine on that trip you know i mean he was on the quiet side um uh, but he remembered 69 as well as anybody and uh you know we talked to him about it and you know he just needed to take a little slow you know and he needed to get his rest and um but he was fine really uh and he i think he loved being out there and and uh, I'm really, really glad that he made the trip because I think it did him a lot of good. And, and he and Tom were best friends. They were roommates on the road for right. eight years. They were both from California. And uh, so getting Buddy to go out there was huge, you know, because of everyone, I think he, he's the closest with Tom.
0: And of course, Swoboda was not sure whether he could go because his wife had had a a major operation and was recovering from that.
1: Yeah, yeah, so there was that, and uh, you know, Jerry Kuzmin, you know, he's he's doing great now, but you know, this is a guy that had a heart attack 20 years ago, you know, and so, you know, he had to watch it and, and make sure that he could go, but you're absolutely right. I mean, there were question marks all around, and um, but you know, we could have invited uh, you know Cleon Jones, Kenny Boswell, and, uh, uh, um, and Jerry Grody, you know, and and it, and it would have been the same, uh, you know. So uh, it was just such a tightly knit group, you know.
0: So you're in this giant van, with, <laughs> yeah. with these guys, and you're driving up the road. You're going to Tom Seaver's house, and you're not sure whether you're going to see him. And just if you wouldn't mind, relate that story in that van. Uh, what happens on that road? On that road up there?
1: Oh well, you know it's. I mean, it was nonstop talking. You know, we never had the radio on the entire weekend. Uh, we, You know, we were in terrible traffic. You know, we left San Francisco Airport. I rented a big van. Uh, I was driving. I had Kuzman riding shotgun, and I had uh, uh, Swoboda, Archamski, and Buddy Harrelson in the back. And, uh, and, you know, so we didn't see Tom the first night. Uh, because it was too late in, the, in in the day, and and Tom typically needs his rest, you know, later in the day, and mm-hmm. so we, you know, the plan was to see him first thing in the morning, which is what we did, and uh, and you know, we're dri- driving up there, and the maintenance light goes on in the van when we're about five or six miles away, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I mean, could you imagine if after everything else that we overcame, and then, you know, this maintenance light go, goes on. And so uh, miraculously, it, it went off, and, and we were fine. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I think the other thing you were probably thinking of was how, uh, you know, Swoboda and Kuzmin are at opposite ends of the spectrum politically. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of uh, banter back and forth, good-natured. You know, but, uh, you know, Kuzman referring to Rocky as the team's flower child and, (laughs) and, you know, and Kuzman, uh, uh, you know, we couldn't find a bar in this town and, you know, and he called it a snowflake town and, you know, like those types of things. And and that certainly added to the entertainment of the ride. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. They're all great guys. And, uh, you know, I think it was as if nothing had changed in 50 years. And once we arrived at our hotel, you know, we all kind of went over to Kuzman's room and he left the door open. And and uh, we were having uh, vodka and Cokes uh, in paper cups and and uh, eating fried chicken with napkins, you know. I mean, it was like the minor leagues. <laughs> it was fun.
0: Now, as the, the fly on the wall, so to speak, it, it seems like you were accepted into this brotherhood uh, wholeheartedly by them all.
1: I really was, yeah. In fact, you know, I had lunch with Art today, and, and he said, you know, you're one of us. You know, like, you've gotten to know these guys. You've become friends with a lot of them, and, and uh, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very similar dynamic to what happened when I did that book on the 86 Mets you know, with some of them, you know, you become friends with them and, mm-hmm. and it continues. And, and they really respected the fact that you, you know, that you write an honest book about their teams, uh, you know, the good, bad, the ugly, everything. And they respect that. Like they don't want some flowery book and where everything's so sweet and, you know, cause that's not life, but you tell it the way that it is, like Howard Cosell used to say, and and uh, and they respect that. And uh, but yeah, I mean they're terrific guys, all of them. And uh, you know I felt the same way about the '86 Mets too. I mean, you know the, these guys are icons in this town. And uh, but they're just regular guys, really. And and uh, they're 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 a lot of fun to be be around. And and yeah, I asked, It was definitely a surreal experience as someone that used to watch these guys play when I was a little mm-hmm. kid and, and now I'm, I'm hanging out with them. And it's, <laughs> they're sharing their deepest, darkest secrets with me. It's, it, it's terrific. And it, and all these books that I write, I have the same experiences and uh, uh, it's just wonderful. I mean, that's why I do these books. It's, you know, it's not for the money or anything like that. It's, it's, it's really uh, to get inside these guys heads and, and to uh, have them relay uh, the glory days.
0: And so uh, you're out there. You did get to see Tom Seaver. He was having a good day, and he took you on a tour of his uh, vineyards, uh, of his, uh, uh, his uh, not a ranch, uh, vineyards, I guess, right?
1: It's a vineyard, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, explaining about the wine and everything. But there was a moment that you, you, uh, where he said to you, I believe, uh, did, and I'm not sure if it was after the lunch or before you guys went, but he said to you, did you get to see the vineyard? And I was just wondering at that point, how did that strike you at that point, knowing, um, you know Tom Seaver, this this brilliant picture, this uh, uh, you know guy that that thought his way in and out of so many situations, um, and then he was having. You knew he was having this trouble, but to have that question come at you at the at that point in time, what was going through your mind at that t- time? Well, you
1: know it. It's it's really. Uh, it, it didn't surprise me because, you know, it's, it's been well documented really by Bill Madden of the daily news. He's been writing about, uh, Tom's Lyme disease for several years and, you know, one of the side effects of Lyme disease, if it goes untreated is, uh, is memory loss, Mm -hmm. you know, short, short term. And Tom is sharp as attack when he talks about his playing days. But short-term memory, you know, uh, he he remembered my name, which was terrific, you know, because he had just met me. Uh, but he asked me if I saw his vineyard. And, and I just thought it was really poignant and powerful, mm-hmm. you know, that this disease, it's just so awful uh, that it's robbed this truly brilliant man, uh, not just baseball, but I mean, he's, he's a very intelligent guy, you know, that, that the infliction of the Lyme disease, uh, you know, had this effect on, on him. And, 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 I think for the whole weekend at that moment, I'm like, wow, you know, this is, this is terrible, you know? And, and, and so hopefully, you know, one of the things the book has done uh, or will do is bring more awareness to the seriousness of Lyme disease and why, you know, at the first sign of symptoms to get checked out. And if and, and if you live in certain parts of the country, you know, like Connecticut, which is where Seaver um, got his Lyme, Lyme disease originally many, many years ago, uh, that you're aware of it and, you know, you get checked out because it's, yeah, uh, it's it's an unforgiving disease, and
0: it and it sounds like such an innocent disease. I mean, uh, uh, a tick bite. You know, who who would realize that it could lead to such uh, tragic circumstances, if you will? Yeah, right.
1: It's just a tick bite, right? Yeah. and and it, it seems innocent enough, and, but if if it goes untreated, it's serious it's mm-hmm. really, really serious. And, you know, there are other si- side effects to it too, you know, like pa- panic attacks and, uh, and it can weaken you and, uh, it's terrible. Uh, so, you know, ho- again, hopefully, you know, such a high profile, uh, individual like Tom, uh, it'll bring more awareness to it and, and people will get themselves checked out. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, th- there's another story in the book uh, um, dealing with this. And r- really, if, if I remember, I, I, I do apologize because I've been reading so many okay. books lately. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, there is a passage where I, I believe it. the travel issue with, with uh, Tom Seaver is not so much the... Uh, the, the physical travel it's the what you just said the panic attacks is is that I right. remember that correctly
1: you're remembering it correctly yeah uh so yeah it, he he can't really travel outside of the napa valley uh or else he has panic attacks it's it's you know he's he's fine within his own surroundings in fact um you know, when, when we were there, he could still get in a car and, and drive. Like, you know, he drove art and one one of the other players into town and, and he's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just the idea of like, uh, you know, getting on a plane now and right. it's hard. And, and, and that's been an unfortunate dynamic just, just in the last three or four years. Um, so uh, Yeah. So exactly, so that's why he can't return uh to city field uh for the big celebration the last week of the june
0: and what 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 a shame that is we're really going to miss him that time, but um um any chance do you think that his wife will come to represent him or
1: I don't think so i mean I mean it's just rumor at this point, but I believe that maybe one of his daughters Oh. Or mm-hmm. both of his daughters might come uh I mean that's just something that I heard, but it's certainly not confirmed mm-hmm. um but I don't imagine that either one of them will come. What would be wonderful would be if Seaver did a a video you know yeah. on one of those mm-hmm. good days he you know he does a video they put it up on the board I mean that would be tremendous, yeah that would be uh. Great. You know, I hope
0: that happens. Yeah, yeah, let's hope for that. Um, so you got to break bread with these guys. That must have been k- quite a thrill. I mean, it was fun eating fried chicken, but now you, you, you're you throwing in Tom Seaver into the mix and getting more stories and and more banter back and forth. That must have been, like, off the charts.
1: Well, it certainly was. You know, I've, <laughs> I've interviewed, you know, probably a few hundred professional ball ball players in my life. Uh, But, yeah, I have to say that, you know, this was probably the pinnacle for me personally, you know, to sit at a table with, you know, the greatest player in Mets history and and someone that I grew up idolizing. And then you have uh, Jerry Kuzman, who I like to say wasn't (laughs) the second best pitcher on the staff, but, you know, 1B to uh, Tom's 1A. Buddy Harrelson, who was a mainstay, uh, uh, Rocky Swoboda, you know, who, you know, legendary, you know, for everything that he did in that 69 series, the greatest catch ever in World Series history, as far as I'm concerned. And Chamsky, of course, you know, who's a a 69 miracle net uh, who helped get them to the World Series with that tremendous NLCS that he had. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was certainly amazing for me and uh and uh you know to be included within that brotherhood for that weekend was certainly very special and an experience that i could never possibly forget
0: and then uh it's over and uh you're heading back and you're saying your goodbyes at the uh at the airport how poignant was that moment for everybody uh the description in the book it it's um it's kind of a sad moment because it's almost like they know they're not going to see or the chances of them seeing tom Seaver again is slim to none and and it's not because he's on his deathbed or anything like that but they're all getting older and they're all having ailments and so those chances are are slim to none and um, they know they'll see each other but it's going to be further and further apart that they get to see and spend any time with one another how poignant was that at the airport
1: well the airport certainly was but you know it was Kuzman saying goodbye to Swoboda and Kuzman I mean he's just a cut up you know, he's <laughs> he's you know he he's not like a, you know, like a mushy mushy guy or anything like that he's he's John Wayne and, and And he's one of the funniest people you could ever meet in or out of baseball. And so that wasn't as poignant as after the lunch, when we were in the parking lot and Tom was there, Uh Uh, you know, we were out in the parking lot after lunch for almost an hour. Nobody wanted to say goodbye because everyone realized that, you know, this was the last time that that group was, going to get together again because they knew Tom couldn't travel. And, and really, I mean, you know, these guys are in their mid seventies now,
2: -hmm.
1: so, you know, getting them all back to visit Tom at his house, it's not happening. And they realized that, and because of that, you know, it was the longest of goodbyes. And, uh, so that to me was one of the most poignant moments, uh, of that weekend, if, if not the most.
0: Was there any, uh, did you run into any difficulties at any point in time when you were sitting down to write this and put all the material together where you just, uh, I I don't know, it it just hit you emotionally or uh, was upsetting in in some way? And and that may not be the right choice of words, but, you know, did you ever have to stop and, and really, you know, just compose yourself a little bit?
1: Well, um, sure. I I mean, it's, it's a joyous book, but it's also a very sad book. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's about aging, which, which, you know, we all go through. Uh, and I mean, these gentlemen are now in their mid to late seventies and, and it's a part of life. And, but yeah, sure. I mean, it's sad to see, Someone who you know, like you remember these guys in their youth. Right. And they'll be forever and they're forever young in your mind. And you remember the brilliance of Seaver and Kuzman and the others. Uh, but especially Seaver, you know, who's arguably one of the top ten pitchers in the history of the game. And and then, you know, to realize that he has some major issues right now, mm-hmm. and what he's go- going through. So writing about it, sure, you know, it, you know, you stop and you're like, "Jeez, <laughs> you know this, you know this new reality. It's really sad." And and but then you have to remember how how old these guys are, right? right. And and then you think to yourself, "My God, you know, where did the years go?" And then you start <laughs> thinking about your own mortality yeah. a little bit. <laughs> And, you know, you, you think, my God, how, did, how, how the heck did I become 53, you know, and, and how in the world was, you know, this happening four to five decades ago? So, you know, that, that goes through your mind, too, your own mortality. Uh, and, I, and we've done, you know, we've talked to a lot of fans on the book tour, and you know it's the same thing. it's like, boy, can you believe it's been so long and uh, yeah, it's uh it's it's a tough pill to swallow. that's why you you know you have to uh treasure every day because tomorrow's not promised right
0: yeah and and uh, it's so true, but uh as you say, uh the story's a greatness, and it really uh it, the memories look, no, but we are all getting old, and there's nothing we can do about it but we have these terrific memories and, and this book just adds to those memories and helps recall them and, and sharpen them. And, uh, it's just a fantastic book. Now you've, you know, lately there's been some, uh, publicity, if you will, about another book that's been out by Ron Darling. And, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you're in a unique position here, if you wish to comment, because you've written a book about the 69 Mets and the 86 Mets. and I, I have. I'm just curious to know, um, the. It, to me, just as an outside observer, it doesn't seem like the 86 Mets, there's the same sort of camaraderie and uh, uh, love and attachment to one another as there was with the 69 team. And I think a lot of that came about because of the respect for Gil Hodges and the love of Gil Hodges and uh, not, not that Davy Johnson was disliked, but it's just two different personalities.
1: Um, oh yeah. You no, know, um, I, I mean, the, right. I mean, the biggest difference I think were in the managers, you know, Gil, Gil Hodges was a Marine who fought in world war II and Davey, all, all, although he has uh, his, I mean, his family roots uh, were, were military. In fact, he was a he was an army brat. You know, mm-hmm. his childhood he lived all over, yeah. uh, not not just here, but also over in uh, in Germany. Mm-hmm. And, but um, you know, Gill ran a very tight ship, and the Miracle Mets were a really young team. And whereas Davey. He kind of treated them like men and said, "Look, you can you can stay out as long as you want, as long as you're ready to play the next day." Um, and that '86 Mets team was primed to win a World Championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were stacked. Uh, whereas the '69 Mets kind of came out of nowhere. Right. And That's why they call them you know the Miracle Mets. Mm-hmm. So the two teams couldn't be any more different. And and I, and I think where you were go, going with that question was well, so what do I think happened with, you know, with, with, with Lenny Dykstra? Yeah. I mean, I've written about it in two of the books. Uh, I mean, it wasn't just Lenny that was you know, yelling out and bench-jockeying Oil Camp White right. that night. Keith Hernandez was doing it. Uh, Howard Johnson was doing it more than anybody. Um, now, what they were yelling, what Lenny was yelling, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can just base it on what the others have said. And, and I mean, it's hard to deny Ron, Ron, Darling's version because, you know, he's always been such a, you know, respected stand-up guy and, you know, very well educated and Lenny, you know, he's kind of the other end of the spectrum kind of, you know, uh, you know, street smart, you know, tough guy and, other side of the tracks and, uh, and, you know, just a polar opposite from Ron, my darling. Right. But, but I have to think that if Dykstra started spouting, you know, racial comments in oil can Boyd, I know that, uh, Kevin Mitchell, who I know really, really well would have decked him, uh, and strawberry probably the same. Uh, so I have a hard time believing, um, uh, what's in Ron's book. And, uh, I have a hard time believing that it actually came from Ron Darling. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know where it came from, but, uh, the Ron so far has backed it up. And so it's, it's a mystery to me. It's just conjecture on my part. Uh, but, uh, from everything that I heard that didn't take place. It was just your normal run-of-the-mill bench jockeying because they knew that they could get under oil-cam white skin and rattle them. And they did, scoring four runs in the first inning right. in that game.
0: Mm-hmm. So, getting back to the uh, uh, other point that you did write a book about the 69 Mets and the 86 Mets, is there a book coming on a 73 Mets?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been asked that a number of times. And... You know, people from our generation loved the 73 Mets. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they they were one win away from winning the World Series over the Oakland A's. And, uh, it was certainly a beloved team. And, and, you know, I've gotten to know some of the guys from that 73 team really, really well, some of whom of course played for the 69 16, Mets. Yeah. And I could certainly do it now. Uh, but I mean, you're a big Mets fan. Uh, would a book like that sell? I mean, it was kind of a heartbreaking end. You know, they I, they were up three games to two, and I, I don't know.
0: I think it might. I, I I think that it's a bit of a history. Uh, you know, it, it it's almost a second miracle. You know, they were so far down, they came back, um, right, and then they swept through the uh, the the Reds and and to get to the World Series, and I think. Um, I, I i think it would be an interesting story um maybe if you could you know if you did it something similar to this book with the uh uh not the same you know through the eyes of a player or somebody that was on that team uh i I think it'd be fascinating, you know, and and Yogi <laughs> uh-huh. Yogi still should have started George Stone in games.
1: Sure, he should have. C- yeah, Stone Stone was like twelve and three, and and you know you rest C- Seaver <laughs> C- for Game Seven, and oh, That's you right. get Ed Crane started on that, and, <laughs> and, and, and and he still gets really he's really still, upset about yeah, it. Yeah, he's
0: riled. He gets riled up about that.
1: <laughs> he does. Yeah. He does. Yeah, I mean, that would certainly be a fun book. And in fact, uh, what you just said, that's a great title for the book, Gary. Well, uh, the Second Miracle, <laughs> you know? I like that. Okay, so if you decide to, please keep that title in mind. <laughs> I will. I'll put you in the acknowledgments.
0: <laughs> well, we could talk forever, and uh, but I don't want to keep you. I know you've been so busy on his book tour. Um, where are you going to be uh, now? Has it slowed down a little bit? Because you guys were... Everywhere. I mean, every time I look on Facebook, you and Archie Emsky were in Jersey. You were out on Long Island. You were upstate. You were in Florida. You were all over the place. Uh, it, it, what What's going on now with the book tour?
1: Well, the book tour, it's pretty much just going to be uh, in, in the tri-state area for a while, uh, at least for now. Um, but I'm actually pull, pulling up our... <laughs> dates as I speak here, uh, I should have had this at the ready, right? That's I should have anticipated. But um, yeah, we're going to stay in the area, and you know, for anyone that that's interested in coming out and meeting Art, um, you know, I'll be there with them, and and we'll be doing uh, numerous book signings over the next couple of months. Our next one is at Book Review in Huntington, New York, on April twenty fifth. Then we're going to be in Manhattan at Foley's New York pub on May 2nd. Uh, On May 4th, we're going to be in Prospect, Connecticut at the Prospect Community Center. Uh, And on May 18th, we're going to be up by Albany at the Gilderland Public Library. And then for uh, the 69 Mets uh, weekend, we're going to be signing books in the Jackie Robinson Rotunda on that Sunday evening before the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're going to have a few other signings sprinkled in between. uh, But the best thing to do um, uh, is to go to my Eric Sherman baseball Facebook page Mm -hmm. and just click under uh, events, and they're all there. And I update as much as I can.
0: Terrific. And, and Eric, uh, I want to thank you again. And I have to say that uh, uh, I uh, finally got to meet you in person and uh yeah. and to meet art shamsky and you guys were you did a great uh presentation and uh and you guys couldn't have been nicer to everybody there and true gentlemen and if anybody uh you know if you're young you should read this book to find out the history of your team if you're a mets fan uh if you're people my age that remembers it remember this this year uh go buy the book because it's worth every penny the memories the emotions everything is packed in there if you love the boys of summer about the brooklyn Dodgers, then this is the mets version of that book and uh uh, everybody should go get it at at amazon barnes and noble wherever fine books are sold you can find this book and and i want to thank you again for coming
1: on the show well, Gary, the pleasure was all mine, and uh, look, look, looking forward to coming back in the future.
0: Okay, and, and I'm going to try to get out to the book review and say hi. That would be great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eric Sherman, the book is After the Miracle. Go buy it. We co-authors it with Art Shamsky, The Lasting Brotherhood of the 69 Mets. Go pick it up, and I'll be back right after this.
1: Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C-70. My name is Daniel Shofta, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the internet today about their teams. It always comes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com, or at baseballpodcast.net.
2: Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history.
1: Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball, and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, along with Mets musings and other great baseball podcasts.
0: With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world
1: and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack.
0: Okay, and we're back. And don't forget to uh, follow me on Twitter at at Mets Musings. And uh, you can leave a voicemail, 516-619-6341. And, uh, you know, uh, the email is MetsMusings at gmail.com. Or go to our Facebook page, Mets Musings. It's a group page there. Go check it out and uh, see what's happening in Metsland. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it, and I want to thank my guest, Eric Sherman. He is the nicest guy in the world, a true gentleman. Uh, And a nice person and a terrific uh, baseball mind. And and we could just sit and talk for hours, but we do have our limitations. And I want to thank you all for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to or watch the podcast. Hit the subscribe button that helps me grow the show and expand to new listeners and it tells me, gives me feedback to know that the show is entertaining that you you guys enjoy it out there and and I'm on the right track with it Uh, by the way, down on the farm we'll be back in the future Uh, just gotta get my head into it haven't had a chance been tied up with a bunch of projects but it's coming and coming soon And that's it. So remember, until the next time, to keep the faith, to stay optimistic, and most of all, let's go Mets. And I'll
2: see you again next time on another edition of Mets Music.